Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to another edition of In The Metal. Every week on In The Metal, myself and Dan Spitz have been taking a look at behind the scenes in the world of independent watchmaking. And every week so far, we have been joined by absolutely amazing talents whose work is probably better known than they are. And uh, as is always the case with independent watchmaking, we know the watches, we don't always know the people behind it. Well, In The Metal is here to crack that nut. And we are joined this week uh, with another remarkable talent, uh, a man who is third generation watchmaker, his grandfather, his father before him, and now himself. And where his predecessors, his ancestors worked on restorations and repairs of beautiful timepieces, this young man has set out to create watches in the traditional way, uh, using traditional tools and techniques. So it, there's there's nothing common about what uh, what these gentlemen uh, do, and that includes uh, what my friend in North Carolina is, Mr. Dan Spitz. So to welcome our new guest on, Dan, I would like to invite you on to see if, if everything's going okay. I'm struggling here with these buttons. We missed a week, and it's like. Driving an old car, man. I can't remember where everything is. You know, where's the lighter? I was just gonna run to the kitchen and get my nutcracker. <laughs> <laughs> We're just a bunch of nutcrackers. I think you would find very few people would argue with that, my friend. No, no, I'll fit right into that mold right there. Hey, good to see you, Johnny. And uh, uh, I don't, I don't know how we uh, we line this one up, but they they just keep coming out of out of the shells. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but I you know this is you know Aaron is uh he's monumental and pivotal in the birth and progression of independent watchmaking. Um and I'm sure you if you haven't seen his work you you're definitely inside a nutshell. Um because it's <laughs> one of my heroes, you know, I'm gonna get to talk to. So it's that same kind of nervousness you are when I got, you know, I used to have to meet, you know, some, some heavy metal guitar God, you know, or play with them live and, you know, at a festival or something and, and go, go to meet them. It's kind of like that same thing here today. It, it really is. Look, yeah. every week, Dan, we have been absolutely privileged to be joined by some of these extraordinary watchmakers. And, you know, it's okay. Some watchmakers get it easier than others, let's say, right? If you're, if you're in La Valle de Joux, You've got so many different people that you can turn to, that you can uh, give you advice, maybe a little bit of mentorship or uh, generally encouraging you along because waking, making a watch is not something you wake up one morning and say, well, I'm going to make a nice watch. Uh, unless you're Machiel Hulsman, of course. But uh, <laughs> you, you don't normally say that. And... Um, so it's a long and drawn out and protracted mm. process as you are demonstrating yourself because mm. we've been doing this for nearly six months, Dan, and every week is a little, it's you're inching forward right. along that process. And it, if you it, it's, it's, it's hard for, for any of us to kind of show you all. You get, you get a little glimpse now 
of others on Instagram and whatnot, but we don't even have time to take the pictures. I mean, I'm at almost four years here of research and development, another three and a half years just for the escapement previous to that. Um, and what a struggle it was for Aaron way back when, you know, before the internet and, and all that. And, uh, and then, you know, he's, we're going to talk about it because he's, he's one of my mentors, uh, when I got into, you know, trying to build my own CNC machine and really go in that route. Yeah. So, yeah. so he's just, he's just a badass man. And, and his designs are like no one else's, uh, he was re representing a country like you were just trying to speak about how hard it is outside of Switzerland. It's impossible. And he did it in the dark ages where, you know, he did have light and electricity at some hours of the day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm looking at my lighting situation. I was going to get through the next hour. Or so. yeah. It's like a dark side of the journey here. because We've got a light on one side. On we we got to keep pressing that we, we do have to keep pressing that point. And I want to bring that up with Aaron because, and I keep bringing it up with the people that we have on that really are walking legends that, so that the people of today that are watching us, don't say, oh man, he just went on YouTube when he had a problem and figured something out. We didn't have, we didn't totally. have anything. It's a different time. What do you think? Should we go over to Budapest and Budapest and uh, knock on the door of uh, Lebexe Atelier and see is Aaron there? Hello, Aaron. Hi there. Hi, everyone. How you doing, Aaron? Wow, look who we've got on, Aaron Bexy. Thank you so much uh, for joining us on In The Metal. An absolute uh, honour and a privilege to, uh, to to welcome you on. So thanks a million, Aaron. Uh, how are things going with you in, in, in Budapest? Everything's fine. I'm uh, super busy. I have uh, uh, several project, uh, projects uh, what I'm uh, working on, so... I never get bored. Well, good to see you, Aaron, and thank you for coming on. I know it, it's it's uh, it's really hard to get uh, a lot of us on here to find that time because every hour does count uh, in, in what we do because it's everything we do takes so long. It's it's a very slow and tedious and uh, you know per perfection at its best uh, project. So we definitely we greatly appreciate all the insight you can give to young watchmakers the collectors that are watching that really don't get this inside view of the, you know, the insanity brain and drive that you have and that all of us have. Well, some of us, some of us, they don't have it and they just fall by the wayside. <laughs> but you're certainly there. You're, you know, um, I'm, so I'm going to start right here. Um, you're a third generation watchmaker like, like me. Um, you're, I have ancestry from your country. My grandmother and my grandfather both – came to the United States uh, from, from Hungary. I played in wow. Hungary. It's a beautiful country. So we, we have a lot in common. Uh, it's in our blood. Um, but you, And again, you're the lone wolf representing your country for so long. Um, and, and I really would like to touch upon that. What's, what was that like way back when, uh, when um, you, know, you couldn't go around the corner to a parts house in Switzerland and get what you needed, even get screws, get German silver, get whatever you needed to, to produce uh, what you do. It must have been a total struggle way back when. Yeah, uh, I'm in the same, same situation as you, so it's really hard to uh, get the materials and the knowledge and everything. But uh, at the same time, I feel lucky because I, I am really like to make experiments and uh, develop uh, new things. And uh, if you don't, uh, 
uh, have to follow the the traditional uh, Swiss path. Uh, you can uh, uh, have a different point of view and uh, develop mm. other techniques that uh, no no one else uh, did. Yeah, thinking outside the box or being forced to work outside the box, right? So, so you're third generation. So you grew up in your in your your father's watch shop. Is that how that? Is that how you got the disease? Yes. <laughs> Basically, in my family, my grandfather started the profession. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't uh, meet him because he left uh, at the year when I was born. But uh, he was a really talented watchmaker in the, uh, in Budapest. Other watchmakers take the uh, repairs to him, who, who, uh, which uh, are considered to uh, not not uh, repairable. <laughs> Because uh, welcome to watchmaking in 2020, right? But we'll get to that. That we're going to get to that because you're you're a, a big interest. I mean, uh, 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 yeah, uh, um, uh, uh, you've impacted me just through your your pictures, and we'll, we'll get into that. Pictures that are around the internet and and pictures of your workshop and all kinds of cool stuff like that. But I want people to get a good sense of your background first, because I, I know you've done a few articles here and there, but you know, when we finally can talk to someone watchmaker to watchmaker and journalist to watchmaker, we can really get inside your brain and show the people, young, young watchmakers and collectors, what really makes us all tick and what, where the drive comes from, you know, where in our family did we get it? Where, you know, you, you you had you went back to school to learn CAD and CAM from what I understand. And where did that drive come from? And you just told us, you know, you had an interest in IT yes. and, a, and a background in that. So you really went for it, right? You you went back to school after watchmaking school and growing up in a, in watch in a watch shop. Um, you know, you you wanted to somehow incorporate, I would imagine, that into more modern day uh, watchmaking than sitting there with the hammer and a chisel and. Mm -hmm. uh, and a rounding up tool, <laughs> right? <laughs> so tell us about that. Tell us how your interest became more modernized and, and you know, you, you wanted to go independent and, um, and really utilize the tools at our fingertips now, which we need to produce more than one timepiece a year. Me and Johnny keep telling everyone, it all looks good when you're coming out of school and I want to make it on all, I'm just going to use my Shaobun 70 and I'm going to make a watch. And it's a wonderful pathway. But in the end, we all have to eat, and we like to make watches where 
um, you know, the main plate and the bridges, once we get them down, the second and third watch, fourth watch, fifth watch, they're all, you know, um, solidified and they're not all, you know, haphazardly made because it takes so long to do that on a jig bar correctly. So tell us a little bit, a little bit about your, you know, watchmaking school and then going back uh, to school for CAD and CAM and that little journey there. After the secondary school, I had to choose. By the way, I uh, I was uh, making uh, I was quite good at uh, water polo too, so I had to make a decision that uh, uh, I go that path or or watchmaking or another path. And uh, uh, after the secondary school, I. Uh, decided to make the watchmaking uh, school in Budapest. It's uh, two years of uh, uh, school, but uh, there you can only uh, learn the basics, let's say, how to disassemble, assemble watch, and uh, watch history, and uh, uh, that's all, basically. Uh, and in the meantime, I go to my, uh, I went to my workshop, uh, went to my father's workshop and uh, made uh, really interesting restorations what uh, he got to, to make and uh, uh, that was a, an amazing uh, uh, period of, for me and it's uh, it was uh, uh, the first step to to uh, to choose that path um, I saw really nice uh, uh, vintage watches and, uh, and clocks, and uh, a lot of time there were no uh, missing parts. There were missing parts or broken parts. You have to redesign and uh, uh, recreate. And uh, this was the first step when I was realized that uh, I can redesign and remake uh, the components by myself. And uh, following that. Uh, uh, that, that that was lead to make my first timepiece the miniature suffer for. That's cool. So you did so you, so you did your, you did a lot of restoration work. So you got to see what other watchmakers did inside those watches that should never be done. They shouldn't have been inside there, right? Because the same same with me. I mean, I've been mean, doing. You know, I had a whole business just doing you know Patek Philippe restorations when there's no more parts and all that, and doing it since I'm a young kid. So. Yeah. We, we keep telling people that too. I right? see, see how Aaron's cracking up. We try to explain to you a lot of you out there that um, the pathway to uh, a, a really sound independent timepiece that you're going to purchase uh, from someone should come from someone who has years and years of experience in restorations because it's not about replacing parts. It's about the other watchmakers that were in these complicated watches just trying to make some money. Right. And they shouldn't have been inside those watches. And they're literally in there like hacking it up like this scrape marks everywhere. They leave fingerprints and oil, which is the oil from your fingers, uh, which create rust inside of a timepiece. Just sloppy work. It's just and that's mainly 90 percent of the work that we do as traditionally trained watchmakers is to fix your timepiece is to make the missing parts that those dudes hacked up. They're just bad mechanics. OK, so that that's what ours we're all just trying to explain to you. But that gives us the experience that when someone like Aaron goes to say, I'm going to create my first timepiece, my second timepiece, and this thing is going to last forever because he knows how robust to make all the parts. Because 
there is a chance some hack master is going to be inside one of his too. <laughs> right? Oh, so you're a water polo master. Oh, man. Water polo watches. <laughs> water polo at a very high level. You're a national team, Aaron, yes? You are the in the water polo? Sorry? You were not like national team standard. And, uh, and I, I was, uh, I quit at, when I was 18. So, uh, uh, but uh, until that, uh, I, I was in the, the uh, let's say, the best uh, club in Hungary. So we won wow. a lot, lot of Hungarian uh, uh, cup. Uh, so I had to decide how, how should I. Uh, uh, Go Do you still yeah. per- you still participate in water polo now? No, 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 no. no. Uh, I, uh, a few uh, years I was made by a hobby, but uh, now I <laughs> I don't have time uh, next to watch. <laughs> I yeah. think you made the right decision, Aaron. Yeah. I think you made the right decision. And uh, you know, I just want because it's, it's lovely to hear your introduction and to, to learn a little bit about you. But one thing that you mentioned at the start was how, because you weren't working in Switzerland, you weren't uh, trained in Switzerland, it allowed you to think outside the box a little bit, or you were able to apply your own concepts and your own ideas. And that's something, Dan, that we have seen over the last few months, is that Switzerland is perceived as being the ticking heart of the watch industry and the independent watch industry. But there's a lot of people who are absolutely rewriting the rule book. Mm. And the, the reason they're doing that is because they're, they're not being trained in a conventional environment where you have to do this and you have to follow steps A, B and C. So um, I, I think uh, I, I read, uh, Aaron, that uh, George Daniel's books were uh, a great help. Yes, of course. It's uh, it was my Bible at, at the beginning. So <laughs> amazing that the, the impact on the influence. He let the secrets out across the border. That's why that's any true. man can make a watch. And that, yeah, what, you know, there's an important question. What, where uh, did your dad? How was your dad trained? I know you. So you sat in the watch shop with him, which means you learned a lot from him. Was he traditionally trained in, in the Hungarian school of watchmaking? Or can you elaborate on that just a little bit? Sorry, how do you mean? Uh, you, your father was a watchmaker, right? You were in his watch shop, so you learned a lot from your dad. Yes, exactly. What, what watchmaking school training did your father have? Uh, the same as, as myself, but... The Hungarian sc- uh, school? Okay. Right. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, and he also learned a lot for, from his father. <laughs> but right. basically, what we developed is it's uh, like autodidact. So, so Johnny, what I'm trying to what I'm trying to show is his uh, Aaron's art. In the end, is not just a product of a, of him going to a two year school and you know moving on, and he's a lone wolf by himself. He sat in his father's you know watchmaking mm-hmm. clock shop. And he learned sitting at a bench next to him. His father was teaching him. So he's a product of three generations of 
all that accumulated art from his grandfather and his father, that's what's coming out in his mechanical art. Um, it's, in, it's in the blood. It's in the, in the blood. blood. Yeah, with, same, with the, same with me. Your, you know, your art becomes your, your, a product of your environment, Aaron, is what, is what I'm trying to show. It's in independent watchmaking, we, we have to show uh, the collectors uh, that are interested that this is mechanical art. We don't have a boss, you know? Uh, we, that's what independence is all about. People can say, I'm making a handmade. Well, what is handmade? Did you turn the light on? Well, it's not handmade. Did you use, did you use a, a, a pantograph machine? That's a CNC machine. This, we all know that's a CNC machine. It's what it is. So it's no longer handmade. But what is that? It doesn't matter because that person, whoever he is creating his art, if he wants to call that, I made it. I made this this way. I made this that way. We have that freedom, and it's the same freedom that came from my music when we when we when we went we started up what was called thrash metal. At that time, it was just heavy metal, but it had rules. The record company would tell you what to do. The record company would wouldn't release your album unless the song was produced by this famous producer and this way and that way, right? So we didn't want to do that. We wanted to be outside the box, have full independence. Start music that had no boss. The music came from us. The t-shirt designs came from us. The album designs came from us. And no one could tell us right, wrong, or whatever. Like an underground kind of thing. And that's what this form of watchmaking and art is that we create. It's really art. It's, yeah. it's, it is no boss. And that's the beauty of what we do in modern yeah. industry watchmaking. Totally. So, uh, Aaron, to get started, you didn't. Whenever you started, your your first timepiece wasn't actually a watch, was it? Yeah, it it, uh, it was a clock. Uh, I uh, have a lot of. Uh, I have seen a lot of um, museums all over Europe with my father. We we made the round trip, uh, and uh, uh, in the Viennes museum, I saw this little. Uh, candle clocks, and I made a little research about them, and uh, I learned that uh, the old watchmakers, uh, the early, earlier age, uh, were compete each other who could make the smaller uh, candle clock. And uh, in, the, <laughs> in the modern age, I, I was uh, thinking, why shouldn't I try to make my smallest one? And uh, this is how uh, this small pendulum clock was born. Wow. And how small was it, Aaron? It is uh, 20 millimeters. <laughs> <laughs> You're nuts, bro. You're great. <laughs> <laughs> what an absolutely stunning thing that is. I just... Uh, absolutely, it's it's on your website. It's called the Zattler, and it's twenty millimeters tall, two centimeters. Guys, it is just absolutely a, a work of art. A That's work just of crazy, art. man. And uh, oh, look, he's <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> Thank you, Constantine. Thank you, Constantine. Yeah, and uh, at the time, at the time, um, at all the. Uh, one lace, uh, watchmaker lace, and uh, uh, this was was uh, uh, designed on paper. Of, uh, uh, so now I'm making uh, my designs in computers, and uh, uh, and this was designed by hand, yeah. sketching oh. and calculating. My God, it oh, is. Cool. Uh, yeah, that, that's always good. And you know, I know, I know, you don't make clocks anymore. Uh, Aaron, but I, I just thought that 
we had to take a little look at that. And uh, and even after that, you're, you 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 then was your next piece of, at another clock to be on one. Yes, uh, after that, I uh, was uh, focused on uh, complications, and uh, this is uh, uh, October number one uh, clock was born. It, it's uh, 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 it, it has a uh, unusual escapement. Uh, uh, in turbulence, you cannot see uh, duplex escapement uh, usually, and it has a calendar system uh, which shows the uh, weekdays, dates, moon phase. Um, there is a wind-up indicator, and uh, on the other side, there is a, a thermometer too. A thermometer too? Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, uh, astonishing, astonishing. Yeah. Amazing, yeah, bro. and uh, mind blown. Good evening, Jay. How are you? It, it is absolutely uh, astonishing, and I, I think I know that it's uh, you, you don't work in that in the clocks anymore. You're far too busy uh, with, with the developments in, of your watches, and uh, we're of course going to come to that in in a moment or two. Uh, I did see another great comment from uh, a wonderful friend of ours. From uh, Machiel as well, and Aaron. Uh, uh, I met Aaron in Salon QP, where he told me he had made the rubies himself for his triple axle tourbillon, and that got me into making them myself. And we have seen yeah, what Machiel's been doing, and it is just yeah. mind blowing. So that is, you know. Uh, welcome, yeah. Machiel. Thank you yeah. for your wonderful comment. And uh, yeah, he was he was on with me and Johnny and showing us, you know, his painstaking long process of trying to figure out, you know, how to diamond grind rubies and and obviously so uh, you inspired him. You 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 inflict, inflicted some serious disease <laughs> and took away weeks of his life. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we show when we talk to, to legend walking legends such as yourself to, to everybody that you know sharing some of this knowledge uh it really does help a lot of us um it's no longer yeah. secrets it's no longer kept within borders that's what independent watchmaking is even behind the scenes we, we all try to talk to each other if we do get stuck and uh you know we try to break the boundaries you know and we do you know we're we're in the, this modern independent watchmaking is, is at the forefront of, uh, of, of, of micro-mechanical engineering, which brings us to, uh, you know, you're like one of the first people to make a, a triple axle tourbillon. You know, that was way back when. Let's, let's put a timestamp on that so people don't know this was yesterday, you know. What year was that, like 2007, 2008? 2008, it was the year when I was completed, yeah. Wow. 2008, you created, and this is uh, because this has become the, the whole tourbillon uh, phenomenon really has been something over the last, uh, since the turn of the century or the, the millennium, uh, when tourbillons become more commonly found and that they're, uh, but the triple axis tourbillon is still a feat that only a very few watch companies, watchmakers would even dare to take on. Mm -hmm. And uh, so was this what introduced you to AHCI, uh, Aaron? Were, were, were you, uh, uh, this year I, I have became a, a full member of AHCI. 
I'm not surprised. The AHCI uh, is a uh, Academy or uh, Lodgers Creative uh, Independence, which is the, basically speaking the Academy of Independent Watchmakers, and it's invitation only. And I have seen the criteria for becoming a a, a candidate. You don't come, you don't even become a member. First of all, you have to become a candidate, and you have to be nominated to become a candidate. And you have to do create your watch by yourself, basically in house, and to a uncompromising standard of technical innovation, finishing, and uh, well, let's think. Let's think also well, a little bit way in the way back machine back in the year that, that Aaron was doing this. Uh, you know, even the academy to look outside of Switzerland and have someone being recognized outside of Switzerland was very difficult. Remember, he's he's in a different country. It's not like it was now, right, Aaron, where it's the Internet and we're all just kind of becoming one. And it's acceptable that someone in Japan is creating a, a, a piece of mechanical. Art. It was very hard back then. Um, so it shows shows you the prowess, the determination uh, to be at the highest level of, uh, of independent watchmaking. Totally. So it's, it's amazing. So, wait, so, so, you, so you progressed from pen and paper. Let's talk about that. You decided, okay, uh, I wanted to do something in IT, and I need CAD, and I need CAM um, to start to create uh, more repeatable type parts, even though it's very, very extremely low production, you know, one-of-a-kind pieces. So you went back to school again. Can you tell us about that for, for 3D design and, uh, and CAM? After the watchmaker school, I went to the uh, uh, university in Budapest to, to learn mechanical engineering. So now, I, now as, as a mechanical engineer, I can uh, uh, develop almost everything by myself, uh, including uh, some machines in my workshop too. So uh, when I facing uh, in a, with a problem, uh, for example, uh, <clears throat> how to uh, finish the surface. I developed uh, the tool for uh, it to solve the problem. So it's, uh, you cannot buy uh, the tool uh, for your uh, specific part. So you have to design by yourself if you want to make it perfect. And way, and way back then after school, because uh, it's very hard to find pictures of your workshop online, but in, in way back when, I've, I've studied a lot of your pictures, which is what we do. Same in music, we look at the album cover, what kind of guitar strings and amps and tube, what kind of tubes he got inside his Marshall amplifier. So we're all looking to see what, you know, everybody else has done. And there's glimpses of, you know, your CNC machines that uh, I understand that you modified and, and made, you know, to, to help to produce uh, some of the very, very difficult pieces that we need, right? Yes, my... my uh... Uh, first CNC machine uh, was a custom-made uh, machine. I also built a, a miniature uh, a CNC lathe, mm -hmm. which, uh, is, uh, which is very useful for me to make pinions and uh, accesses. So it, uh, it was not... Uh, I wasn't able to make it uh, without them. So you, I, I've seen the pictures, but I've, I've looked at them and I saw you at your lathe. So what I'm trying to express to people is, you know, some machines, uh, you can't just go out and buy a, a Tornos 
you know, pinion and screw making machine for a quarter of a million dollars and then tool it up after that. Um, if we want to make um, four or five pieces a year and each one is maybe a, a little bit different, we're not making, we're not looking to make a thousand pinions in our hand and spend four months designing a pinion so we can have and, and make life easier. Later. That's not the way we use CNC. None of us is a prototype machines. So Aaron actually built his machine like I did mine here from not from his head. Okay, yeah, yeah. to, to yeah, and, and a few a few machines. Also, I also de developed a whole machine for the Geneva stripes only. So Geneva stripes. Yeah. Go ahead. Let's let's have a look. Let's go. This is a machine for the Geneva stripes only. Sorry, Aaron, you get this one. <laughs> Geneva stripes, by the way, it's a very tricky uh, surface treatment. You can uh, ruin all the all the uh, the previous work uh, of the component. So if if you don't make it right, it's it can be uh, 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 scrap. Yeah, yeah. Your your Geneva stripes are absolutely beautiful, and uh, I've seen them on on this. Uh, uh, the the dignitas I think yeah for the power reserve and um, and also uh, in close up on the uh, these are what we're going to come to in time here but uh, just to get a look at the back of the Vox Venom uh, the 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 minute repeater and um, so it's just the the, the coasters you have they're, they're they're beautiful the anglage the the, the polished uh, edges it's so complex there there's tiny tiny tight corners to to get in and incredible yeah yeah do you have something you wanted to show us Alan? uh yeah i can uh, share my screen let's have a look let's have a look from, from the beginning, my goal was to uh, achieve the best uh, possible finishing. So uh, this is my uh, central bridge. Uh, this is how I applied the, the Geneva stripes. It's a, a wooden disc uh, charged with abrasive. And uh, uh, you can uh, uh, you can see if, if the Geneva stripe is good or not. If uh, uh, there is uh, uh, the meeting of the anglage and the, and the top surface. Uh, you, uh, if you see steps uh, at the stripe, it, it's not good. So it, it's just a very light uh, surface treatment, which uh, doesn't uh, affect the anglage itself. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. So you develop your own. It's a CNC machine uh, to to do this, correct? Yeah. Yes, uh, but uh, it has so many parameters what you have to develop uh, uh, from the uh, diameter of the wood, uh, the charging abrasive, uh, uh, the rotation speed, the uh, angle of the machine. So it's, it, it is, uh, I, I develop it more, more than uh, two years or three years now. To wow. Extremely perfect. After that, I check it, check the correct position of the line. Uh, I start so, from the center point. It has to be perfectly aligned. 
So it looks like you wrote the program as well. Yeah, I have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there's so many things in independent watchmaking. Yeah, you have to because there's nobody else there to do it for you. You cannot go and invest a fortune uh, in software or whoa, in tooling. Whoa, well, wait, let's back up a minute because you see the machine that Aaron's testing the uh, dimensions on there. That's not a cheap machine, <laughs> right? Aaron? No, oh man, absolutely. <laughs> but you have to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's an automatic uh, modern day digital measuring machine that he has that we all would drool and die to have. A lot of us here. Um, and, and, uh, measuring is. Uh, uh, one of the most, if not not the most important thing in, uh, in manufacturing, I guess. Yeah. If you cannot measure what you make, it, it won't it, it won't work. Yeah. Of course, yeah. I uh, at first I had a uh, manual profile projector, but uh, now it, this machine is a bit uh, more precise. Yeah, you can. It just. One second, all the dimensions are right on the screen. Welcome to 2020. So for people that are following along so you understand, you always see like uh, like I have a, an old comparator here at Nikon. They're very extremely accurate, but we've moved into the digital era. Uh, you don't have to manually turn little handles and then write down what it was here and the dimension over here because we're dealing with microns. The machine Aaron has, you literally can put the, his piece on there and instantly all the dimensions uh, pop up on, on the screen. So we can mm -hmm. examine if the part is a, a go or no go, what we did yeah. wrong. You have, to, you have to make the measuring program first. And uh, then uh, if you put the same part uh, to the machine, it, it can be recognized, the part itself, and uh, measure the, the program, the dimensions. Yeah. Amazing. Brilliant. So you, yeah. So you're as crazy as uh, everybody else. You're, you got extreme um, obsessive compulsive disorder. We say OCD. <laughs> Off the chart. So we're seeing, right, Johnny? We're seeing the pattern. You laughed at me, Johnny, in the beginning when I kept saying, I have extreme OCD. I don't line stuff up in the refrigerator, all right? Well, maybe a little bit. But <laughs> but we're, all, the, all the greatest watchmakers and, uh, or friends of mine that are, you know, just a little bit off but create, you know, amazing art or in music. Same thing in music, right? Or the, who's going to sit down for 12, 10, 12 hours a day and just practice the same exact 37 notes in a row? Most people will quit after 40 seconds, right? But you got to have something wrong with you, big time. <laughs> but that's I, mean, I, when I was laughing. I wasn't laughing at you because uh, it was, I was laughing at you because, God, this could be me, you know. <laughs> you know, we, we, we deal, Aaron, and you know, most people are, if you are, if you are not, yeah, if you are not crazy, don't go to independent watchmaking. No, yeah, I was just gonna say, you got to be nuts because. You know, it's, it's traditional school. We learn about, you know, zero error. The watch doesn't work. There is no error. We can't have any. It's right. And before you can kind of mess things up when you're building something, whatever it is, a guitar amp or a guitar, or whatever. There's a little cut corner. You can't watch make it. But when you get the crazy independence like Aaron, who's totally off the chain or so, you know, like me, you know, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, we're like gone. <laughs> Our OCD's off the chain. We're, we're like, wait a minute, no, no, I don't want to buy that coach the Geneva machine. I'm going to make one that's even better than the dude that makes one. <laughs> that was what I was getting at because yeah, you got to do these things yourself. Oh. <laughs> I made, I made mine. Look, it's right there. Oh, wait, let's see, let's see. Yeah, I yeah, that one too. That that it's not CNC. 
but it took a year for me to to uh, to do that one. Fantastic. <laughs> Just think, like Aaron said, it's the angles, the the head angles of how we want our stripes, you know, and how they're all really unique if, yeah. if, at this level. So. I, I I I have no shovel in seventy, and I I feel like you know <laughs> left, left out here, you know. I'm gonna have to get one, like you know, even if it's just to you know rest the computer on or something. You know, well, I keep saying that because that's what everyone. Me actually, I, I prefer a shovel in one or two myself. <laughs> what? I'm already a deposit down on a seventy. You know, you tell me you need a one or two. <laughs> Damn your eyes, man. <laughs> uh, so. so uh, well, let's- so let's get on to, to, to wristwatches and uh, and let's see uh, uh, what Ignitus, this is, this is what changed. I, what, the first time I saw this, I was like, who the hell is this? What What is this? This is so badass, man. Like, you know, there it is. That's, that's the epitome of independent watchmaking. You know, someone creating something that is unique to themselves and offering, totally. that, offering that love to the world. And that's what we have here. Ooh. Yeah. Dis- distinctive, uh, it, absolutely beautiful, impeccable finishing throughout. The complexity, even of the dial there, with its uh, the, the, the stencil numerals, that guilloche finishing of the sunray uh, guilloche. It's just astonishing. I remember seeing that watch years ago in London, I think, in the Salon QP, and. Uh, mm. It it just sometimes you look at a watch and you can't actually imagine the effort and the the the, the thought and the uh, the dedication to create something because there's nothing there off the shelf. There's nothing there that's you know, your case. The lugs. I, I see the same lugs today on the the new Ming watches and uh, you, you know. Uh, and it's just a, an absolute. Some watches leave you stuck for words, Aaron. And I can remember I read, wrote about this years ago, I think. And I was just trying to find that article earlier on today, and I couldn't find it. I think it was for Dream Chrono, and I'm not sure if they're still going. But um, uh, it just—it was a watch that just left me uh, absolutely. Uh, Actually, every watch what I make is uh, a cooperation with the client, so that's why. Every piece is unique piece. So uh, uh, in my case, uh, when a client comes with uh, his idea, we discuss it, and uh, uh, that is how this unique piece uh, is born. That, well, yeah. that, that is true bespoke, isn't it, really? Like, you know, that's each watch. So there's no two no, Bexay no. watches that are identical. No. Fantastic. What, what, what what's cool to me is you know he he was way, not just way outside the box he's just like wait everybody else is making round watches you know what screw you you know watch me watch me go watch me <laughs> and and to, and then you you know a round watch is, is very common it's, it's uh, very appealing it's very normal it fits in a certain box uh, so to break that rule and not only that you know give some little heavy metal pointy horns to the lugs there. Uh, it's uh, it's beautiful, man. It's just he's just saying, you know, this is this is my art, like it or not, you know. When I decided to make my first wristwatch, uh, uh, one thing uh, I have I have been certain that it will won't be round. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, well, 
And uh, we can come to that question of uh, uh, Captain Forrester, because Captain Forrester, again, there's a different style of hand there uh, on the, the, the pure diamond, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, again, the, yeah. the engraving. The, the Talk us through it, Aaron. Here the diamond settings were uh, made uh, exactly for the specific diamond. Uh, you know, the Bagat diamond has uh, some uh, differences in sizes, and uh, I measured it one by one and make the uh, exact uh, settings uh, for each uh, stone. Oh, can you imagine the labor and the time going into it because each that so each one of those diamonds that are set into that there and there are 10 diamonds set in there each one cut the 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 the, the aperture for those 10 or the setting is unique and uh god man that must i, I can't imagine that uh <laughs> that level of, again okay people who are watching this we're looking at a watch here that is uh has uh, diamonds uh set into the the instead of r indices and they're square they're flush with the dial with the uh the 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 chapter ring you could say or the r index ring and um they are just uh the, the, the I, I, I'm again, pe pe people, yeah, I'm not, I am, uh, because I'm trying to express this in, in a way that people understand. Because this is not, there's nothing here. We didn't get 10 diamonds one day and set them into this dial, and because the next day we moved on to the next thing. Uh, and that's just the difference. This is the artisan, the, the craftsmanship, the dedication, the patience. That that would take, I don't know. Yeah, hey, 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 Aaron, did the customer give you those diamonds, or he did you? Yeah, did you? exactly. I, I don't even have a chance to select the diamonds for the settings so or the diamonds. Uh, so see, see what I mean, Johnny? Like sometimes the, those diamonds, maybe I, I'm not going to say that it was this case because me and Aaron haven't talked about this, but sometimes we get uh, sentimental uh, from the customer and. and uh, because they're one-off timepieces, and the same for, for what I do here in my timepieces is maybe those diamonds came from their mother or their grandmother's yeah. um, piece from something, and that yeah. can be incorporated and carry on in, in our life, and 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 that's what we're dealing with here. It's uh, totally, yeah. totally, yeah, yeah. No, I I get that. I just you got to look at the detail sometimes. you got to look past, you know, it, it, the, the watch. It, we use the word distinctive because with the, the shape of the case, it's not actually a tonneau case either, Aaron. Like, it is literally a rectangular uh, case mm -hmm. with uh, uh, with rounded uh, ends. And um, it's so it, pe people will look at it and go, oh, that's different. And it takes a little bit of time to, to really, for people to appreciate what the heck is going on there? It is absolutely, as Mitchell Weissman has said, the word I was going to use is unbelievable. Mitchell, my buddy Mitchell. <laughs> hey, <up>? Mitchell. <laughs> so, uh, so you, uh, the, all the engraving on your pieces uh, is done by a, a, a Hungarian engraver, based on the client and my design. Spectacular, absolutely Amazing, beautiful. But the engraving too, they're a little bit closer up with the engraving. And uh, 
again, just uh, yeah, it, it is. Sometimes you look at something and it leaves you uh, like me stuck for words. If I was writing with this watch, I would be spending an hour over a, a sentence to try and describe this. Thing. And that's, that's that's the hands only watch, and I know Aaron does the same case with Torbjorn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Turbion. Well, we have, a, we have a little look at that coming up right now. And um, in fact, why not just let's have a, a look at it. And this is Le Turbion, the, the, the Primus triple axis Turbion. Am I right, Aaron? Yeah, that's... Yes, uh, uh, this, is, this is my first watch. Uh, I was... <laughs> my... Uh, uh, goal was to make a very extraordinary piece. Uh, I don't uh, uh, follow that path to make a, a simple uh, watch and go uh, for the most complicated one. I, <laughs> to be, uh, uh, you sure did that. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a triple axis trivial. So this is two thousand and eight. This watch was. You, you you showed it for the first time in 2008, yes? Yes. So you were working on it for three years before that, I assume. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. I, I wanted to make um, uh, uh, very uh, uh, pay, to pay attention to my work. And if you make a simple watch, it's, it's not possible. My other uh, priority is uh, from the beginning is the finishing. So uh, I always make the absolute uh, maximum as I can uh, 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 at that time and at the moment. Too. What inspired you to 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 branch out? So you weren't after making the Zappler that minuscule little clock and the, the Turbion One and the Turbion Two. You then turned your attention to the wristwatch, and but not any old wristwatch. What inspired you? Where did that come from, Aaron? Uh, my dream was to make a triple axis turbion. At first, I uh, I was thinking of a, a, a table clock too, but uh, another dream was to make a wrist, wristwatch too. So uh, I combined the two <laughs> dreams. <laughs> <laughs> And a little bit of insanity. <laughs> look, look at that. Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, we're looking. If anybody's listening, we're looking at the the actual uh, close up of the triple axle turbine. How many components are in that one part? If you can remember, Aaron. More than one hundred parts, and uh, the total weight is only one and a half grams, and it has also a golden wheel in at, at the. Uh, uh, outer outer cage, and the uh, balance wheel is also made from gold. Um, once, uh, <laughs> once again, if you if you, that, you didn't hear that, that's one point five grams of total weight in what you're looking at. Yeah, yeah and, uh, one uh, more thing: uh, I don't use uh, ball bearings in my triple axis turbine, and uh, it is. Uh, uh, thanks to the special layout of, of the three cages. Uh, as I know, uh, there are still no more uh, other turbines which don't use water. Mm. So you're not using uh, uh, bearings there. You're using 
the rubies that Machiel was talking about earlier, but that you, you created yourself specifically for this, uh, the, the, the triple axis turbio. Here I made the, the lever jewels for the, the escapement. Wow. Mm. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Mine, <laughs> mine, mine is, it's, it's, in case you're all wondering, like, why we're barely talking, because it's, it's, you know, it's mind, it's mind blowing, man. Yeah, it is. But that's the beauty of independent watchmaking, isn't it? Like, you know, well, because. It's, all, it's also cool is most of us, except for myself, we're kind of like meek and quiet. And it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, here's my three axis tourbillon. I'm working on a 13 axis tourbillon, too. And, uh, and then I'm going to send it to planet Mars. And we're all, we're all just kind of like that until we get together and maybe have a beer, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I am not, I'm not a, as a good entertainer as you. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not good at doing this, Aaron. I mean, I'm faking this. I'm usually the one that always got interviewed. But at least, at least I, this is comfortable for me, you know, one-on-one -on -one talking to somebody else. Uh, yeah. Much Look, when we're talking about something that we we live and breathe in the different ways that we do it, okay, I, I'm not at the bench, I'm not in the atelier. I, like, I, I all often say if I had discovered this 20 years earlier, I probably would have been, but because it's just, it's so up any kid who was loved making things or yeah, whether absolutely. it was kits or whether it was uh, we had Meccano or we had uh, uh, Revel kits or... Tamir or whatever, you know, this is the next, next progression, isn't it? Like, you know, this is uh, Lego techniques for grown-ups, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. But I am not surprised because it is a, it, 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 it is an extension of, of that uh, ability. And I think kids that are able to do that kind of thing, the they should be shown about this industry or about it's this pro career. Problem, problem solving. If you can teach a child at a very young age, like my, like I keep, you know, I always say my room was looked like a blown up NASA. I was fixing everything from my house, the neighbors' TVs, car stereos, house stereos. That's what my room looked like. But it's not about that. It's really learning how to be a good problem solver because it usually is somebody else that's hacked something up or to make one good thing out of five broken things. That's what I was doing most of my life. So this is the top of that tier. That's what got me into it. Besides my grandfather is it's just all shrunk down and we, we look through magnifying glasses to make it normal size. What you just got to hold your hands steady. It's, you know, you, you can't be like, you know, doing drugs and, and then trying to get into a triple axle tour. It's not going to work for you on Monday. I'm trying to picture that scene all right. Like, you know, yeah. those, that's where the heavy metal and, and the watchmaking, they don't coexist. <laughs> <laughs> not surprising. So, uh, but you also, you, you sent us a few images of some of your, the work. So some of the, the raw parts, I want to go from there through some of the finishing processes. So, uh, because we're going to look at that. That's this cut the out. Lever, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. From the, the, the lever would be from what the, uh, the Vox Venom, is it? Or the. No, this is uh, for my Dignitas. From the Dignitas. So, and. To look at it in closer detail. So, look, well, there, th th this is what separates the 
watchmaker, or this is what makes uh, independent watchmakers a master watchmaker. Uh, the the polishing and the finishing on on that because all around that the edge of that there is that is on glass is probably vertical polishing as well and uh, tell us yeah so I, I'm sorry I'm just looking at some of the images that you sent us uh, Aaron and just looking at and, and do to, to try and understand the uh, that's good the, that, that at least shows people you know uh, um, the, you know working the uh, the polishing by hand and how uh, small the parts are. Because sometimes, you know, you see a picture, you're like, oh, yeah, look at the size of that thing, man. That's a big picture. But, you know, most of this stuff, a lot of it's almost invisible to the human eye that we're dealing with. Um, yeah, yeah. And then we have to make it uh, polished and, and, and then operate <laughs> correctly and then be accurate, you know, to within a few microns. Uh, so, yeah. I cannot hardly believe this stuff. I really can't. Like, you know, so... Uh, and, if you you know. Th- and if you think the big companies are doing this with their smoke and mirror type advertising crap, it's just not happening. All right? Well, so, making 900,000 yeah. watts a yeah. year by hand? Like, yeah, it's, right. It's, okay, it's I like that happening. idea. Too. Like, you you know? got <laughs> to pay to play, brother. You got to pay to play. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, my right, goodness. Now, we're at independent watchmaking is the, is the top of the food chain. All right. It used to when Aaron started and I'm going to keep coming back to this because it was very hard. It was almost impossible, especially being in, in Hungary in a different country. Um, it's now at the forefront, you know, and it's breeding our next generation. Uh, mm-hmm. Even from from some of the schools are starting to teach at least, you know, making bridges. And, and there is a pathway after hopefully you do some restoration for many years and, and get some some skills on the belt uh, uh, for longevity building reasons. But it was very hard back then, you know, almost impossible because Aaron could complete a, a triple axis tourbillon and where's he going to advertise it? How's he going to advertise it way back when? Those are the difficulties. You needed, you know, five, ten thousand dollars to put a teeny little ad in horological time. So let the Americans see it. Maybe somebody will buy one. Now it's a different world. But Aaron, he broke through all that. And he made it through, which is which is an incredible feat to get where where he is. And, and at that time, he wasn't looked up upon by the Swiss. Like, oh, he made this amazing triple tourbillon. Let's let him in the AHCI. It wasn't, it wasn't like that back then. You know, it was like, hey, wait a minute. No. Slow down there. Who is this guy? Well, you know, kind of thing. At least now we're, we're in an age where it is global. Independent watchmaking is a wonderful thing. And everyone who's a collector and getting into it or has been in it, uh, they, they can like this guy's work and like that guy's work. We're all artists, and now we're actually getting higher and higher and higher up the food chain and being able to really create some spectacular art and take our time uh, and, and you know be, uh, be paid for our time properly, finally, at this point, because we're it. Because we're seeing, what we're seeing now is a lot of the independence ideas because we're, we don't have boundaries are now being adopted by the companies and, and water down there because we're usually the ones who were the ghost builders for them in the past, but couldn't say so. So there's a, a lot of that, a lot of that. Yeah. It's without a doubt what we're witnessing over the last 10 or 12 years really has been uh, a, a slow, but progressive evolution on the development of the independent sector from being a niche type of thing that only a few people knew about to, to being almost mainstream thankfully not mainstream because 
That's the difference. And, uh, and, and, and we, we need to keep, I keep have to tell Aaron because I've told it to just a couple other people too, that, you know, those pictures that you put out there, bro, of your workshop, those few pictures, somebody came to visit your workshop way back when, and they snapped some pictures of the CNC machines you made. And those pictures really did transcend to a lot of where I am here to make, you know, mm-hmm. have me go, okay, I'm going to close down the restoration and I'm going to finally, you know, go independent and not ghost build for anybody else and all that kind of stuff. And looking at that and go, wait a minute, I can learn this. I can learn CAD. I can learn CAM. I can do this, you know, and, and, and I don't think you understand what just some pictures and what you've done all those years, that hard work that you put in can actually give love to somebody else and push it forward. And, and you have, you've done that to me, certainly. And I, if you've done it to me, you've you certainly uh, showed other people they can do it out, so who are outside of Switzerland. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. If you decide to uh, not buy the components, but you uh, make, make the components, basically, basically uh, you don't have the choice uh, uh, in a, as a small manufacturer, because if you want to uh, buy the, all the components, it uh, costs you, uh, million, <laughs> mm-hmm. so, yeah. so there is no other way than uh, you have to develop it. Because yeah. And we can't just go. Okay, I'll. I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to go buy a current uh, CNC machine. You know, the, the funding is it, it's not relevant, and the electricity to run those giant machines it's not prosperous uh, for people who do you know four, five, six uh, masterpieces a year. We hope we can make that many. If you want to make a watch brand, you have uh, several options. You can buy buy a complete watch with your name, uh, but it's still a, a, a common piece. So mm-hmm. it's uh, in the market. It's, it's nothing. You can uh, design your timepiece and uh, buy the components for it. But uh, it is also very difficult. You cannot do it in uh, small quantities because. Uh, uh, the su- suppliers have uh, minimum order quantity for a thousand pieces or or more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's uh, also cannot be done in small quantities. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you choose that you make the parts by yourself, it's uh, uh, also extremely uh, difficult because you have to keep very uh, tight tolerances. Uh, and if, if you can make it and uh, uh, it, it works, it's still a raw, uh, rough uh, movement, which is equals to the, the other common pieces. So you have to uh, add the, uh, the extraordinary finishing if you want to make it uh, uh, better than others. Mm-hmm. And then there's screws. <laughs> the, it's the thing that other people look at our timepieces, right, Aaron? And they're like, oh, that's beautiful. I can't believe you made a triple axis turbine and all that. And then we're thinking, oh, man, those screws. Because <laughs> <laughs> we have to make them, right? Because yeah. if you call up, I'd like you have a one screw, one certain size in your timepiece, one length, and the head is a certain thickness that we've designed. And if you want someone to sell you some of those screws, sure, they'll make you 10000 what am I going to do with 10,000 screws? So we have to sit and, and make all the screws. If you buy one type of screws, you cannot use uh, all, all of the places. and it, it's, uh, uh, You don't have flexibility in designing. If you buy components, uh, uh, 
in thousands of pieces or so. Yeah, so. I keep I keep trying to bring that up, Aaron, because it's it's like something people forget. You know, they look at the case, they look at the dial, and but they don't realize how much work we actually have to put into making screws, black polishing the screws, you know, putting the bevel on screws, and each screw can be very unique to what we do because our art is unique. We're not designing like Aaron just said. All the screws are the same size. It doesn't work like that. So it's a lot of work, everybody. Uh, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours just to do screws. There's a question from Pietro, who is a good friend. Uh, uh, he's the limited edition. He is a vanguard for independent watchmaking in the UK. Great Pietro guy. Master. Hey, Pietro. One of these days, my man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so uh, we're going to have a chat with Pietro. We've got a good one coming up with Pietro uh, in next month, I think. And uh, so, but uh, his Pietro's question is: the finishing is really the element that defines top-notch horology. So, even more so than the, the technical engineering, I, I imagine in a way, one is goes hand in hand with the other that uh, the engineering isn't possible without that kind of finishing, yeah? It's a, it's a, complete, a complex mechanical art, <laughs> so you, you have to <laughs> be very accurate, accurate and very precise, but uh, at, at the same time, uh, you have to treat the, the components uh, uh, also extraordinary, so uh, I think sure. the, the two... Uh, or order to matters very much. Yeah. Did you have something else you wanted to show us, sir, uh, Aaron? I saw a few images moving on the screen there. Um, yeah. So we can we can have a look at this. This is the screws. Okay. Oh, killer. Yeah. Uh, here are the, the screws for the, the bridges, the fixing screws, and the, some of the, the other in the movement. Uh, here, the, uh, this is the second hand, but it's still in finishing page, stage. Uh, another thing, uh, it, uh, uh, it's one thing that you can uh, design and build the components, but uh, for making a component, it's uh, not only for manufacturing that component, but you have to hold it somehow, you have to make jigs and fixtures for it. Uh, so one com component means uh, uh, more than one component to produce because you have to hold it uh, somehow to, yeah. to, be be to be able to make the finishing. Uh, so you have to make the, the, the little part that actually that you sit that wheel, that great wheel into. Yeah. And uh, so yeah. it, it's... That's a, is that a, a jig or a buck yeah. or... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, jig, yeah jigs. Yeah. It's the easiest way to call call. You have to make jigs for the machines that we when we machine them, and then he has to make jigs when we're finishing and polishing them uh, at all the different angles. And it's a time consuming process. You are not kidding. Uh, now I am uh, working on a uh, timepiece which has uh, applied indexes, and uh, to be able to polish the edges of the indexes, I also designed the jig. Or a holder for that uh, uh, that uh, piece. So, well, yeah, these are all right. Yeah. Okay, so what we're looking at here are, are actually 
not part of the, the watch itself or part, but up top you are, you are going to edit the index, the indice for the dial is at the top of the jig that he had to make. Exactly. You're creating the, uh, the, 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 the device to actually hold them, to secure them in place while you then get down to the polishing and the finishing of them. And uh, it's a, it's a, yeah, amazing, amazing. It's, I tell you what this is, what In The Metal has, is proving to be is a fantastic insight to see the detail of uh, of what the watchmaker is actually doing. And, uh, you know, it's all very well. We look at a, a guy who's in his workshop and he's got his head down, he's got his loop on, and, you know, to see what, what, what what's going on is uh, it's fascinating. Fascinating. Well, you're also going to see what we, well, as what we do see well, with different people that we talk to is everyone it does it similar but different. You know, we have to figure out a jig to hold a certain part. There is no written manual of this is the jig to hold an indice on a dial. It's it's just whatever we come up with, whatever we can design, whatever tools and machines we have in our workshop is how Some, we have to figure it out. Sometimes it will be good if there were a manual. <laughs> Pietro, <laughs> you're 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 absolutely blowing our trumpet there. I'm telling you, I could never uh, clear anything out there. I, I I just love being part of this and uh, to, to to showing a light, to shining a light on the the independent watchmaking uh, like like we're doing. So. Um, uh, yeah, I think I, I really do. I really do find the that the machines that are in our workshops, individual machines, we all have some similar machines. But however that, that watchmaker works, uh, the jigs uh, represent uh, how he works. The parts represent uh, how he works. The case, the dial, whatever they're doing, uh, totally in house, represents the tools in hand. Sure. Besides the art that's within us. What do we got here? So here is a jig also for. Uh, to call the bridge. This is uh, one one of my bridge. So you're working on that bridge. How, how long will you work on that bridge for, Aaron? It's better to not count. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you thought about it too hard, you'd go crazy. I have news for you. You probably are crazy, my friend. Anyway, so until <laughs> so it's right. Wait, wait. So, so wait a minute. I see the like the kind of horn shape on your timepiece cases. Like, are you a metalhead? Like, when you're listening, do you listen to music while you work? Or is, did you listen to metal when you were young and now you, you know, moved on to more calm type music? <laughs> uh, no, I, I was a big fan of uh, Metallica, but uh, Anthrax is also good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anthrax with the... Cool. the the noisy neighbors, for sure. Like well, I noticed some, like you know, that he's got points on his watches, John. He's, you know what I'm saying? I, I, yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. So I'm about uh, to say, yeah, say, come on, you know, now. that's yeah. metal, man. That's totally metal. It, it is absolutely, <laughs> is, you know, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, well, this, this is the picture uh, what I usually send uh, to the clients. This this kind of pictures, it is a photorealistic picture uh, uh, based on their descriptions. And um, if everything's okay, I start the manufacturing, and uh, uh, now I am working on this watch. So th th you're working on this watch at the minute. So, yes. so that is actually 
the the customer you you send that and, and that is obviously it's, it's not a finished article that is a render a very high quality render and the customer can look at that probably in three dimensions and then say yeah that's what i want there and uh, change that little bit do something with the second hand and this is oh, what you're working on at the oh, minute then that's yeah. killer man that's killer you talk and, uh, about you cannot get more customized than that can you this is still uh, in the rough, but but we can see. But uh, of course, yes, yes, yes. But this is the layout. It's yeah, the finishing of that will be. Yeah, it'll be. Here, there was a, a request to uh, to have a teardrop somewhere in the 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 uh, pattern and uh, at the, the six. Yes, yeah, so at the six, and uh, uh, the client liked the wine and the. the Grapes, and uh, he wanted to landscape in the middle, and uh, the seven stars uh, on the on the uh, sky. Yeah, the seven stars. That, 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 that's just absolutely beautiful. Again, we're, we're looking at uh, ex extraordinary pieces. But do yes, the time is is getting on. You've uh, we haven't talked about uh, the Fox Venom. The minute repeater, which you must be very proud of. Uh, wh when did you when did you make that piece, or which is the... when? Yes, it's around uh, a year ago. I finished around a year ago. Uh, it is a grand scenario. Uh, here, uh, I, uh, I start with a, an ebouche movement, but I. Completely re rework it so it's uh, uh, the case design is uh, uh, completely mine. It's uh, especially made for this uh, mechanism. Uh, here, uh, this is a stainless steel case, and uh, I designed it uh, to be uh, resonate as uh, much as possible so the, the uh, sound is uh, quite loud. Wow, so that's why it, it has a lot of uh, air, a lot of space inside yeah. it for, for, the, Where, for the sun. What, what about the cases, your gold cases and these cases, Aaron? Uh, I, I know you said you're designing them. Um, how are you having those made? Uh, this case is a stainless steel case with the titanium uh, uh, buttons. The buttons uh, are uh, blue. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, I uh, make the case by myself in my CNC machine. And what about um, the gold cases? Are you making them yourself as well? Uh, I have I have them in a, a rough uh, format, and uh, I finish it by myself. The gold cases. I get it from uh, a gold casting company. So you you design in CAD. And then you have the, the molds made, and then uh, somebody is just making roughs for you, and then most of the work is still done done by you, obviously. Exactly, yeah. Right. I'm just it's it's just how everybody is doing it. So I'm just letting uh, everybody know we're not you know goldsmiths, and uh, that would take up too much time for us and a whole another set of machinery and tools for us to do. So most of us are precious metals. It's being poured into a mold. Um, and we, we, it's not coming back polishing the case is finishing. We just unwrap it. There's a lot of work to do uh, for Aaron to to complete a case. 
Oh, absolutely. But, Amazing, uh, bro. Amazing, bro. So, uh, yeah, you're, so you're nuts, man. You're nuts. That's a <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's It's beautiful. It's uh down be nice to our guests will you go on, <laughs> that's, as, that's as nice as I get, Johnny. <laughs> that's the biggest compliment you can get is your nuts. <laughs> Call our guest nuts and lunatics out there, but uh well, yeah <laughs> but um uh, no, it is. It's, it's spectacular. So it is. Yeah, so that's it's the uh, the sonnery. So it has. Uh, it, it, it it's activated obviously by the, the the button below the crown. But the three settings, I assume, or the the settings for the different chimes. How many gongs are in it, uh, Aaron? Here there is uh, two gongs. That um, the uh, sonnery means it's. Uh, it has a separate uh, barrel which uh, keeps the, the energy and it can uh, strike by the, by the watch itself. So you can set at the bottom if you want to hear it uh, every uh, quarter, uh, the timing, or only at the hours or nothing. Mm. Yeah. Um, i there. Yeah, it is. And I actually have a question because uh, Pietro has uh, the balance just asked bridge. Oh, that balance bridge. I've seen that. That's just so cool, man. Isn't it absolutely it's beautiful? So cool. <laughs> that's so cool. That, that, that's what that's, yeah. yeah that's here, here, there were a uh, uh, diamond, uh, so get from the customer, and I set it in the crown. But uh, it, it was a quite big, uh, big one. So I, Need to design the crown not to look too big, so it's it has a separate. Uh, uh, it is from separate parts. The crown itself, and there is a uh, blue the titanium setting on the top. And uh, in this way, uh, it is uh, uh, optically uh, not that big. Mm. Yeah, absolutely magnificent. Pietro uh, wanted to know uh, why. What inspired you to take the, the washer uh, caliber as a base? It's not a washer. It's a it's an antique um, uh, sonary caliber. Uh, ah. So uh, here, the client's wish was uh, to have an extraordinary sonary watch, but uh, if uh, you have, you want to develop it from the ground, it. Really, really long uh, time. Wow! So this actually is a piece that the whole concept, the whole idea of the the sonnery is the customer has asked for this piece. So you, the well, the day that that customer contacted you, you did not have this in your mind until this evolutionary movement means it's uh, it's uh, unfinished and uh, have have uh, uh, the base parts. And uh, I designed and developed uh, new parts and refinished everything. It has uh, almost 400 components. So I make... Wow. Um, Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And, and the finishing on, on all of those components is just... It's uh, yeah, the 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 yeah, repeater yeah. is just it's, it's a beautiful thing to look at. So what it is, you know, and, uh, and and so Aaron, let's let's talk a little bit about how you you also give back to other watchmakers. Mm-hmm, you have, you mm-hmm. have a few assistants working with you that you teach, mm-hmm. correct? Uh, 
Yeah. Um, young young watchmakers, you teach them CNC, you teach them. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Uh, I started uh, uh, alone uh, and uh, now for around five years uh, ago, I uh, had to choose to follow it by myself or uh, grow my company because uh, the deadlines were bigger and bigger and I had no time to uh, develop uh, and uh, design new pieces. Uh, but of course, I need to keep the quality, and uh, uh, it, it was a very uh, hard uh, decision. Now we are have a small team. We have a small team. Uh, I have uh, four employees, and we are working together and uh, uh, improve ourselves together. Young Hungarian watchmakers giving back. See, that's this. You got to do it, man. He's, look, it's, it's not just about getting helpers and, and expanding the company. It's uh, Aaron's not looking to make 50 watches a year, I don't think, if you know what I'm trying to say. It's He's giving back that love to to show and pass the torch for his country to, to other watchmakers, which is what I'm, you know, my plan is here once, once I'm rolling here. Just two or three watchmakers and uh, show them and let them use my machines if they want to. Uh, off hours, make their own timepiece and, and get going when that time is right and they think they have their skills uh, to move on uh, and to represent my country. And mm -hmm. I think we all should do that from around the world if we have the capabilities to break into independent watch. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful, Aaron. It's, it's beautiful, a, man. It's a good way to represent the country. <laughs> mm -hmm. For sure. Well, it works two ways, doesn't it? Because you need, so, uh, you need more hands. To, to, to help you achieve and realize your goals and your objectives. But the only way to do that, because you can't just put an advert in the, the local newspaper and say, hey, I want an absolute top drawer watchmaker to come work for me, because they don't really exist like that. Mm. So um, so it's either you go, go to a big company where there's uh, the watchmakers are, are, are embedded and they're being paid a handsome salary, mm. or you got to go and train somebody because you also don't want to be taking in anybody who is bringing in bad habits or maybe shortcuts mm. or you know not a, you, you're bringing these people up the way you want them to represent Bexay watches? Well, I think the largest factor for most of us, because we have OCD and we're perfectionists beyond the word perfection is how do we let go of something that we've been doing everything ourselves, everything we've designed it. We birthed, it's not just in company name. We're artists. We're true. You know, Aaron is a true artisan. How do you let go of a process and have someone else do it and have it represent who you are? your way it's very difficult to let go that's i think what aaron was trying to say yeah. he had to make a difficult decision and that's why you will see a lot of independence we, like you know right right now it's just me you know that's the way i am too same in my music right how am i gonna let somebody else play on my album and you know no i'm gonna figure out how to do it my way and do it my way it's very hard to to, to let up our art yeah. yeah. speaking of, of i know this is uh, your territory down but during the, the day when you're working in your atelier or at night as well, do you listen to music when you're working or no, is it silence? No, I can't. But don't don't judge by me because I've been overloaded, you know, standing in front of 
who's, you know, n- nine Marshall stacks behind me blasting for <laughs> half my life. So I'm, I'm half deaf and uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm in complete silence. I've had some jazz, uh, old jazz music. I, I do play now and again, uh, just because that's what Mike grew up with with my dad. He was a massive jazz fan, you know, uh, big band stuff, you know, Frank Sinatra and, and Dizzy Gillespie and Tao Follow and real old killer jazz. But no, I need silence. I need my brain to think. When I drive in the car, it's complete silence. Same thing. Really? God, man. <laughs> Not in the car. I, like I, I think it's the OCD thing. You know, when I walked off that last, you know, kind of giant stadium stage, it was like, I'm done. Okay, next chapter. So I'm, I, I have to do it that way. Otherwise, I'm, I'm either all in or I'm all out. <laughs> I'm yeah, either, yeah, I'm yeah. taking over two planets with my music or I'm taking over two planets with my watchmaking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you like a bit of jazz yourself too because you sent me uh, an email yesterday, uh, Aaron, with a, a couple of your jazz influences. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's funny, isn't it, our, our listening habits, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah, it's fantastic, fantastic. It's just, just so. mind—it's mind blowing. What, what you've accomplished, man. Uh, I don't even think you understand the impact you've given to independent watchmaking uh, from where you are. You—you've yeah, uh, you, influenced a lot of the people I talk to as well, not just myself. From a distance, um, the the impact um, you've laid—you laid the groundwork. You're one of the four, the four, the godfathers of where we are today. Mm-hmm. And the next totally, generation right. that, that we're birthing now. So hopefully so, some of the information we've given out today, and hopefully we can talk to you again in the future. Or I can come visit your shop next, once I can start to travel past the pandemic. Um, that we can give some more information to young watchmakers and to the collectors, letting them know really the true difficulties in what it took to get where you are today and, and the difficulties of, of what it is that you're producing today, your, your true art coming from yourself yeah yeah and uh, again yeah so we, look it's uh, this is what it's about it's about it sh- telling people the stories of independent watchmakers who possibly aren't as, as well known as uh, as others and that's even in the independent scene so that's one of the things I'm loving about in the metal is is shining a light into all the different parts of it and uh, and again because it was an observation I had made and because I'm obviously well familiar with your work and written about it years ago and um I uh, but as a watchmaker you can't do everything so you can't be designing. Yes, Yes, you can. I know, but you're doing the social media down. It's so... Right, Aaron, is that the one thing that we hate? Like, doing this stuff. Like, this is cool because you're talking to me and and Johnny, right? It's it's, it's cool. Probably the first time, it's like a little bit relaxed or something, but having to take the time, right? Oh, man, I got to post on this. I got to post pictures. I got to keep working, man. You know, right? It's it's difficult. Yeah, it can be. That's what I hate. You cannot do that. See? Yeah, and we're all dying for like pictures of your workshop and you working. Yeah. But it's like, how, what do you do if I stop? I'm gonna lose my train of thought. I gotta put down my file, right? It's 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 just such a pain in the ass, man. I don't know how these kids do it. Y'all, y'all, young kids, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. hey, making all these. Mo- I watch them right now. They're making like movies. Like I'm like, how are they working? 
For, for God's sake, we've been working this uh, stream yard for the last six months, and Aaron weighs in tonight and shows me, he says, hey, what about doing a shower screen? And I go, what? So <laughs> I've been working on the resizing it was just, uh, yeah, yeah I like, that was really that's really cool. That's I thought great. so too. So now we've got a, 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 yet another trick up our sleeve, Dan. It just that's, keeps getting yeah, better yeah. and better. So, Adam's not a watchmaker; he's an IT guy. So if let's fake the He is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think you find very much the watchmaker. So uh, listen, we're approaching our uh, ninety minute. Uh, really and truly, it's past our bedtimes, and uh, so our our mums will be cross with us if we don't go and. <laughs> Get it. So, I want to thank everybody for tuning in again to In The Metal. And I also really want to thank uh, an amazing guest. And, like, we, we sit here tonight with our mouths open quite a lot of this time, looking at some of the work that you've done, Aaron. And we... To me, we ha- we only got scratching the surface. I-, I wanted to ask you the question of what was the reaction when you presented your triple axle turbion to the AHCI. I would love to know that there. Let's ask that question another time, perhaps, because there's so many things. Look, I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope that the people... It is my pleasure. It, it was a oh, conversation. Thank you so much. Well... Yeah. Well, he, he, here's the thing that we would like in the metal that anytime you've got something new to show or you have a new piece, because we don't all have the, the, the showcase, we may not have the big exhibitions or the big fairs for a while, although uh, uh, We Time or whatever it's called is, is trying to make a go of it. Anytime you've got something new to show us, let us know. Give me a few weeks' notice and uh, we, will, we, will be, we will look at it here in more detail and scrutiny than anywhere else in the whole <laughs> damn world, and that's for sure, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, it's my it's let's say it's my honor and, and and pleasure, man. It's it's just it's incredible that we can do this stuff, you know. And just really, um, I'm just very grateful you came on, Aaron. And we got to see, and everyone else can see the humanness and uh, that that you are. Your incredible art that the collectors, you know, I mean. The, they they already lined up, but they should be lining up for at least five six years worth of your work. But it it it's just should be well, that way. And 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 it's just it's it's mind blowing, man. You know you, you you I don't even know what to say. Like Rick Johnny, it's like the first time I got nothing to say. Yeah. <laughs> and that doesn't happen too often. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I think Aaron, what we're both trying to say is okay uh, that. The, the the level of workmanship, the the unique identity of each one of your watches, uh, the story behind them, how they come to be in the first place, is uh, you cannot get more bespoke than that. Right? It's, you know, and uh, it's it's like he it's like you you're, you set the ground rules of true independent watchmaking, working with the customer one on one, making individual pieces. The art is your own, and and. And and for you as a watchmaker, really just trying to you know keep breaking the boundaries of keep making killer stuff, man. Totally, you know, that's, that's, that's what's cool. And basically, this is what the big companies cannot do, and right. uh, they're real. That's what makes the difference. Yeah. Keep keep switching it, keep switching it up, and that, yep. that's that's basically what I'm trying to say. It's like that really is Johnny. Like that is the epitome of it, 
the word independent watchmaking, you know, anybody else can water it down and have it their way. But truthfully, that that this is it. You know. It's another word. And folks, you heard it here first, and you're always going to hear it first on In The Metal because we are going to bring and continue to bring these amazing talents like Aaron Bexay, who has uh, dedicated his life to making these extraordinary timepieces. And in 100 years' time and 200 years' time, those watches will be revered as absolute as the works of art that they are, but as historically significant. And that's the difference. So uh, everyone, thank you so much for joining us yet again for another episode of In The Metal. We will be back next week. Um, we will have another fantastic show for you there. And we're looking at somebody else's uh, work. And uh, so for everybody who has joined us, for all your comments and for every, all your support and encouragement, thanks so much. We'll catch you again next week. Bye from In the Metal.